Welcome back, Dodecadorks. It's 12-Sided Guys. We're playing D&D at this spooky time. Matt is artist, Ember's played by Scott, Jordan is Bert, and Sabrina is Hop. The JV team! Yes, it's the JV team. The JV team! Or so it would seem. The JV team! For this holiday theme. The JV team! Yes, it's the JV team. Before we get started, there's just a couple of things. Go check out our shop and get Dodecadork Bling. You can chat with us on the Discord app or hang out on Twitch while I make some maps. Leave a review! Oh yeah, go leave a review. Leave a review! And you can rate us too. Leave a review! Five stars will do. Leave a review! Or even leave a few. Don't forget we have Patreon. It gives you access to some bonus content. The perks include maps and episodes. Trust me, they're tons of fun. But if you've ever traveled back in time with your dog, and he devolved into a beast with saber-toothed jaws, and later became a sleek Egyptian pooch, then all I can say is this podcast for you. Crystal Codex! It's the Crystal Codex. Crystal Codex. JVIV is next. Crystal Codex. Things are about to get wet. Crystal Codex. It's the Crystal Codex. Wow. Tennis shoes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my The small ship bobs up and down as the waves roll underneath. The touchdown had been rough, but now that the airship was no longer lighter than air, the force of the water slamming against the hull had lessened, and the ship now sways with the rhythm of the sapphire sea. Everywhere Ember looks, it's the same. An endless plain of greenish-blue water rolling away towards the horizon. She suppresses a shiver, but it's not from the cold breeze blowing off the water. You sure it's down there, Captain? You can't tell me this stretch of sea looks any different than any of the other seas that we've passed for the last two days. The captain, a bald man in his late fifties, wipes his mouth at the back of his hand and nods. Aye, she's down there. I sailed this sketch of sky for decades. And even though the surface may be different, I am assured that Adrius lies directly below us. He glances over the side of the ship and into the depths of the Sapphire Sea. Too far down to see from here. But she's down there, along with all her secrets. Hop stands close by, but he's not listening to the captain. Instead, he appears lost in thought as the long spool of anchor rope unwinds with a whir. Come on, Hop. Let's go check everything one last time. Hop jerks slightly at the sound of Ember's voice, his daydream broken. He looks at her and nods. Yeah. <clears throat> sure thing. Sure thing, Ember. Hop and Ember make their way across the deck and into the aft cabin. Technically, the captain's personal bunk, this is the biggest private space on the entire airship. On one wall, there's a table bolted to the wall and two small, uncomfortable stools. On another wall, a wardrobe. But the majority of the room is taken up with a large, four-post bed, occupied by a very sick man. Oof. What's under the waves? You think the rolling will stop? <laughs> or is there, like, underwater waves? 
Bert looks up from the map stretched out across the table. Huh? Well, once we're under the surface, you'll have other things to worry about than being sick. Like finding our quarry. Bert returns his attention to the map they had taken from the scavenger's hideout. Imperial facilities are labeled all across it, different symbols indicating each location's specialization, and short directions describing the facility's location. The land masses on the map are five years out of date, thanks to the shattering, but the locations of the facilities shouldn't have changed much. At least, that's the hope to which Artis, Bert, Ember, and Hop cling. There, marked on the map next to the city of Adrius, Bert reads, Beneath Heronon Fortress, alternate entry, Cathedral Chapel. And the symbol, the only one of its kind on the entire map, is a sword. Artis sits up from the bed, his face almost as green as the beat-up jerkin he wears. Well then, let's get to it. Over the side, find our quarry, back up here, and then finally back up in the air, away from all this rolling. <coughs> Hop pulls out a pe- <laughs> <laughs> No man is that quiet when they're vomiting. <laughs> well, he has his vomit down. He's, wow. he's <laughs> sucking it back down. He is sucking it back down. I think uh, Sabrina just cast a vicious mockery right there. <laughs> Hop pulls out a piece of expensive looking parchment Intricate and arcane lines scrawled across its surface Well, if we're all ready I'll go to the enchanter and they can use the scroll on us No need <clears throat> They're right here Artist turns at the waist and scoops up a small figure out of the bed next to him While Artist has been ill and occupying the greater part of the captain's bed One little corner has been filled by a small figure they wear a purple robe covered in stars and spectacles, which are askew on their nose. The sickly green tinge to their skin matches that of artists. Wakey, wakey, Adley the Amazing. Time to earn your pay. Adley the Amazing groans, then opens their eyes looking up. As they hobble to the table, they ask, Are you all ready? Gone are the flamboyant mannerisms and the theatrical gesticulations they had seen in Marlek when they first met Adley the Amazing, a street performer and a mage of adequate skill. All their confidence and poise was now replaced by the intensity and focus that comes from desperately trying not to vomit. Looking down at the parchment, they wave their arms in a weak manner, almost half-heartedly, and manage to blurt out, Watercarus, Brithicus, Foralongatus, Timacus. I didn't know you spoke Latin. <laughs> <laughs> Is this Kid Icarus? Yes, yes, Kid Icarus. <laughs> They snap their fingers, and immediately the JV team feels a change in their own breathing. Once inside their bodies, the air fills their lungs as normal, but it feels cooler and cleaner in their throats, as if passing through a filter or a sieve upon reaching their mouths. So caught up in this newfound sensation, they fail to notice the tiny wizard bolt through the door to retch over the side. A few minutes later, Artis, Bert, Ember, and Hop bob in the water next to the waiting airship. Two days! You wait at least two days if you want to get the rest of your pay! A grunt of confirmation from the captain is acknowledgement enough. Then our heroes, the JV team, descend into the darkness of the Sapphire Sea and the dead city of Adrius far below them. So, here we have the JV team as they start to swim beneath the waves of the Sapphire Sea. It starts to get dark really quickly. Below them, the city of Adrius, before it was part of Racolia, decades ago, and then it was a city, uh, sort of a smaller port city um, as part of the Almerian Empire in the Almar province, kind of on the southern edge of the Sapphire Sea, sort of on the opposite side of the sea from Arkelvi. 
and they are descending down deep under the surface. As it starts to get dark, is there anything anybody wants to do or can do about how dark it is? Well, Ardis will put on his uh, goggles of the night so he can see underwater and in the darkness. Man, so sometimes this accent's really hard to like keep going, but right now I feel like I'm doing a real cracker job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Does anybody have anything else they want to do? Ember will cast light on her like a wristband or yeah, just like on her wristband <laughs> or something like that to, to have like a, a glow stick as she's diving. Okay. And that will emit how much light? It's 20 feet. 20 feet bright, 20 feet low. Yep. Pop's just going to stay close to Ember at this point. I don't want to burn any of my spell slots. Yeah. Same thing with uh, Bert. He's going to stay in that light. All right. So the map that you had seen um, has this symbol of a sword. Um, and it's over the city of Adrius. And it mentioned the Heronon Fortress, which you guys, after having done some digging and some investigation, would know was a fortress on a on an island in the middle of the river that kind of fed out into the sea. I have a quick question about this map that you keep referring to. Yes. Did we steal it with a special key that we had to find, went into a facility west of Kelta, found a <laughs> locked room? As a matter of fact, you did. You guys okay. actually had some run-ins with some scavengers and some of their um, automatons, including the zappers that um, were really <laughs> cool um, that nobody else got to see, but you guys got to see them. Um, Thank goodness we fought them zappers. Whew, didn't think we'd make it through. <laughs> My hair is still static from all of that. If we hadn't gone through that part of the facility and like fought those zappers, I would have been really disappointed knowing that they were there, but I never got to see him. What an adventure, am I right? What a you shame know? that would have been to have missed that. Remember how Artis was wielding a hog splitter last time? Well, he doesn't have it anymore. <laughs> it turns out that those, those things aren't really built for combat. They're built for like chopping up meat and they didn't work great against those zappers and it broke. <laughs> Yeah, you guys are heading down into the water over Adrius. And I imagine it feels kind of weird as you guys are breathing in the water. It's not like air, you know, where it kind of fills your lungs. It's It's got a different feel to it. Um, but you find that you can talk to each other. Um, sound moves a little bit differently down here. But for all um, intents and purposes, um, communication is normal. But movement is not. Um, what's the rules for moving underwater if you don't have a swim speed? I believe it's half speed. I believe you are right. All right. Do you guys want me to like scout ahead or something? I can see without the light. I could look around really quick, see if I see any obvious dangers while, while you poke around a little bit here together. I didn't realize you were such a swimmer, but uh, that sounds good to me. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really good. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm not really good yet, but I bet you by the time I take another level in Ranger, I'll be really, really good. <laughs> you keep you keep hoping for that, bud. Actually, no. It's like level seven ranger. You get a swim speed and a climb speed, or something crazy. Oh, cool! That's awesome. Oh, that is really cool. You be safe, and you come back quick. And Ember will give you a bardic inspiration. All right. Thank you, Miss Ember. It's a D ten now. Oh wow! All right, um, artist. You go to explore. Are you going to the cathedral? Or are you going to the Heronon Fortress? Uh, I don't know where. Which one is... Hey, guys, should we go to the fortress or should we go to the cathedral? Ooh, well, I do like architecture. (laughs) 
Wait, you guys having gone, uh, looked at the map, you know that um, basically the cathedral and the fortress are um, basically the same, like east to west. They're, they're, they're parallel to each other. Um, the cathedral is kind of up on a cliff overlooking the sea. And then the river that kind of feeds into the sea has an island that the Heronon Fortress is on. So they're not that far apart from each other, but it is difficult to see under here because it is so deep under the water. A quick question for you, Paul, and we are searching for something. Mm -hmm. What is it that we are searching for? Um, basically, you look at this map and it has all these different symbols on it. Like you see like a symbol of a cog or you see like a symbol of a drop of water, that type of thing. This is a sword. And seeing a sword, you guys have deduced perhaps there's a weapon here. Perhaps there's something that can be used against the angel of inevitability. So that is why you have decided to venture in here into um, the ruins of Adrius. Got it. But didn't you just say that the, um, up on the ship, that the, uh, the entrance is in the fortress, but there's an alternate entrance in the cathedral? Exactly. Should we try the fortress first? I think, I think the fortress seems like the best place to begin. There could be uh, things that would obstruct our path. But I reckon there might also be some cool stuff locked up in that fortress if we need it. All right. Okay. Kind of like all that gold we found in the uh, that facility west of Kauta. <laughs> Tons of gold. Yeah. Am I right? So yeah. much gold. My goodness. Rolling in it. It was, it, was, it was Sydney's <laughs> personal stash. It was like it was like 26 gold and like 59 silver. It was enough to go out to lunch with colleagues. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Dinner's on, Sydney. I'm still full from that meal. <laughs> We're probably pretty rich still from the uh, dads and grads episode. You guys are. You guys are fairly wealthy at this point. Um, now, hiring this airship did cost some money, um, but you still have a, a hefty chunk of change. Artis, you swim down towards where the Heronon Fortress is with Bert, Ember, and Hop following uh, closely behind um, a little distance. But um, as you approach the Heronon Fortress, you start to look around and everywhere you look is rubble. It looks like the entire fortress collapsed uh, under its own weight as the earth, as Pavantis shattered. And you can't find a way in. What kind of idiots would have caused this destruction? Right. I mean, I don't think, it, honestly, the destruction is on such a scale. I don't think that any one person could possibly be responsible for it. It's got to be at least four. <laughs> at least four, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe a fifth one that was kind of like a passive, maybe like a non-player character who was there as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely at least four, maybe five then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan of the theory that there was a Band-Aid that was out of control. Uh, right. oh, um, yeah, the, That's uh, the most ridiculous idea I've ever heard. The gangrenous bandage uh, theory. Yeah, I remember. I remember hearing about that. Yeah, <laughs> a bandage trying to rule the world. I read about that somewhere. I think on Facebook. <laughs> Everybody knows it was robot bird people that were trying to save the world. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You guys are making this whole campaign sound so ridiculous. Come on. Oh. No, no, it's great. Bert, I forgot that you were you anon. <laughs> oh, oh, oh man oh. Hey, uh, so I don't think we can get into the fortress everybody I think we're going to have to try the alternate entrance in the cathedral the whole fortress is basically a pile of rubble 
It's so much rubble. It's like the Hamburglar came through here. <laughs> rubble, rubble, guys, rubble, rubble. As you guys, as you guys are um, swimming around the fortress and kind of exploring it, I will say you spend about two hours or so, kind of picking around trying to find something. And it, I mean, it literally is the whole the whole place has just come down. Um, Could Ember use animate objects on the rubble that has fallen to just like make it walk away? I mean, yes, but not all of it. I mean, we're talking towers and okay and, and walls and stuff. Yeah, animate objects can animate and move some things, but but I not enough. I, envis- I I thought he maybe had like found like a doorway that was like crumbled, but you're saying like the whole thing has fallen down. I'm saying there's a pile of blocks. Yes, it's gotcha. like somebody came okay. along and just just like knocked over your Lincoln logs, basically. Cool. And on the church side, is it like that as well? Well, as you swim over, you can see that it looks like some of the buildings here that are on land are still standing. And I, I guess what you kind of figure is as Pavantis sank, um, the fortress was lower down. Maybe it got hit with like a huge wave of water um, before the rest of the land did. I don't, I don't know. It's I'm not a geologist. Um, I don't know what would happen if the world actually did sink. But it seems like the buildings that are more in the actual city, um, more up on the hill, they survived a little bit better. And you can see this cathedral. It looks like it has been hit pretty hard. There's holes in the roof and and other things. Um, but um, it does look to be fairly intact. I was hoping we wouldn't have to go into a church. You know, it reminds me of my wedding day, which is just... <laughs> My horrible it's, ex-wife. It's, no, it's just, I, I don't blame her. I mean, I was gone, right? I mean, the divorce was hard. <laughs> Papa's tearing up thinking of his beloved. And then oh. his, he never oh, got the gosh. chance to marry her. Actually, he did, but he was so happy to marry her. Oh, oh you guys, these, these tragic backstories that we're laughing about. <laughs> because we never got to see them happen. I don't even think we know any of the details. I think these are just statements about our characters. Anyway. Okay. Oh. Well, uh, moving on. As you guys <laughs> begin, I'm just saying. <laughs> Enough about your trauma. <laughs> you guys are swimming around um, this um, cathedral. And you do manage to find towards the back, there is this small little room. And as you go in, you imagine this must be the chapel. As you look, you can see there are um, moss-covered um, stones that have fallen. And granted, this is all just by the light of Ember that she is exuding from herself, from her light spell. Um, but as you look around, you can see a statue um, that is still standing. And it looks to be this cathedral is a cathedral to Iramil, smaller than the one in the actual city of Almar. But this is... Um, for the angel of inevitability, the angel of unity uh, himself. And you can see that there's basically one statue still standing and all the rest uh, has fallen and is broken up. And this is a statue of Iramil? Yes, there is. It's been worn down over time and there is like moss and, and crud and stuff all over it. Um, but it looks like um, you can still make out the wings. Um, you can still make out the kind of the humanoid figure. Artists will straight up like take some of the moss and give him a silly looking mustache, like a barrister style mustache. I don't like that guy. That's for sure. <laughs> Man, could you imagine if someone like really real life had a mustache like that? I thought I saw oh. one once, but it was very dark and probably just a crazy shadow. <laughs> I, would, I would have to be. I have a memory. You're unlocking a memory from five years ago. I think I met someone who had a mustache like that. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> But your mustache is, is like the t- <laughs> Well, 
I mean, I didn't want to say that they were the <laughs> but they are definitely the <laughs> All right, well, here you are in this chapel. All right, so, so the symbol was a sword. Do I see a sword anywhere or like an, an image of a sword somewhere or something? Uh, no. You know what's mightier than a sword? Penis. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Somebody, yeah, check that statue. JV <laughs> 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 oh, team, you guys are great. <sighs> okay. Yes, yeah, so I'll just, I mean, inve- all right, everybody, let's investigate. Okay. All right. Why don't you guys make some investigation checks? Oh, man, I'm not very good at this. All right, I rolled a 17. And Bert got a 19. Artist rolled a 16. Bert got a 10. Io. Nice. Super good. Okay, so um, it looks like Ember and Hop, and Artist actually, you guys all got above a 15. As you guys are kind of looking around this room, um, you can kind of, I mean, it looks like um, the statue is a little bit kind of off kilter, and that's really the only thing that you notice in here. It looks like you might be able to push the statue aside. Before we do that, can we kind of look around the base of the statue and just make sure there's not any, like, secret stones that need to be pushed? Yeah. Um, you, uh, with your investigation of 19, it looks like actually, now that you mention it, it looks like there may have been some kind of a small little mechanism. You kind of see edges of maybe like some, um, calipers or maybe like a hook or something, but it looks like it's broken and mangled, um, from the five years it's been now under the sea, as well as the shattering itself. So, uh, are we going to do some vandalism? Should we push this thing over? Yeah. Honestly... F the man. <laughs> Let's do this. I'll push right here on his butt. I, I, I just, it is so nice. I, I don't, I don't know if this is what he looks like in real life. But, but I, he'd fill a pair of jeans nicely, I think. Yeah. yeah. I, I think a nice <laughs> pair of apple bottom jeans might look really nice on him. That is oddly pacific of you guys to say that, but uh, I'll go with it. Ember will put one hand on each cheek and push gently. And Hopper okay. kind of stand above her and push on the shoulders. Okay, so the two of you. So um, why doesn't one of you make a um, an athletics check with advantage? Ember is a plus two. Oh, yeah, I got a plus six, so I figured that was probably pretty good. So 24 with advantage. Okay. As you push and push and push, um, suddenly Ember and Hop push the statue over and it falls to the ground, hitting the ground. And actually, as it hits the ground, it actually starts to like break and crumble. And underneath, instantly, I need um, Hop and Ember to make constitution saves. Matt 20 for a 21. Nice. Uh, Hop rolled a 13. Hop uh, with a 13. Um, suddenly, uh, so Ember, you feel it too, but you managed to kind of like back away. Maybe it's because you were just gently pushing. You were more just groping the statue for fun. Um, <laughs> but Hop was actually doing all the effort. As the statue falls down, Hop tumbles over this hole, this tunnel that has opened up underneath the statue. And suddenly a shock of energy comes blasting out. Um, Ember, you managed to get away, but Hop, you are instantly shocked and stunned for one minute and we are going to roll initiative (gasps) rolling the heat Bert got a four 
Ember got a 22. Artist got a 15. You got a 22 and a 15. <laughs> and Hop got a 20. Nice. Wait, you're the one who decided to play a low dex character. I'm just going to draw that <laughs> Whatever, out. Whatever, shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys are great. Um, give me one second. I just wanted to say, artist, you know, it's that you is an insider and he has special knowledge about what's going to happen. You gotta, I mean, if the dark emperor does arise, it's going to change into a whole new world order, man. You gotta open your eyes. I'm telling you, those robot birds, you gotta look out for them. Yeah, but why are you guys so why are you so fascinated with all of the uh, all the former emperor's scrolls? Don't be sheeple, man. <laughs> Who cares that he had them on a private server? <laughs> and with that, with that, Ember, it is your turn at the top of the round with initiative 22. You can go first. As you see, coming up out of the hole that just opened up, you see this dark black, almost looks like you would have guessed it was seaweed until it starts to whoosh, lash and whip out towards you guys. Ember, what are you going to do? Uh, okay, I'm going to attack, but do I have disadvantage to hit? What are you using? The, the whip, her whip is the oh. only weapon, it's slashing. That's that's disadvantage, yeah. Okay, I guess what I'll do instead is I will use Vicious Mockery. What does this thing look like, did you say? At first you would have thought it was like seaweed until it starts to like lash out and actually seem to have a mind of its own. It's like reaching towards you guys, but not like slowly, like it's actually like whipping, like crack, crack. But for some reason, the water down here doesn't slow it down like it, like your whip would be slowed down. Okay. So Ember's going to use Vicious Mockery on it. So it has to do a DC 18 whiz save. And she'll say, slow down with all that whipping. DC 18 wisdom save? That would yeah. be a 19, or sorry, a 17. Oh, cool. So it failed. Yeah, so it takes five damage. Nice! Five damage. Nice. I'm surprised you said stop all that whipping and you didn't make a crack about how much you hated that level on uh, Ninja Turtles with the electric seaweed. <laughs> uh, and you said whipping and crack in the same yep. sentence without realizing it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. If Ember's staying put, that leaves us. That brings us yeah. to Hop. Hop, I need you to make another constitution save, and the difficulty is uh, 15. Okay. Okay. Let's see. I got 18. 18, you managed to shake off the stunned, but your turn is over. Okay, that brings us to Artis. Right, so really quick to go over the uh, underwater combat rules, right? Um, so like daggers, short swords, spears, tridents, javelins, those are all our, those all work normally, right? Yes, and crossbows and any thrown like spear or javelin works normally, or trident works normally okay. as well. Okay. All right, well, so I'm actually going to pull out then my uh, auto crossbow prototype. I'm not going to move, so I should be able to get two normal attacks and then one with my bonus action. Nice. First attack is a dirty 20 to hit. That hits for five damage. Okay. Second attack is a 27 to hit. That hits for six damage. And then my bonus action, I will use it again. That's only a 14 to hit. That actually will hit for five damage. So that's a total of 16 damage. Wow. Nice. And you're not going to move. So I guess that's your turn. Action, bonus action, and no movement. Exactly. Okay. That brings us now with an initiative of four to Bert. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Bert left his 
lovely Bob. Uh, sorry. He left his lovely Bob Kebab. The Bob Kebab. The Bob Kebab. <laughs> um, yeah, so he, he left the Liberator up on the ship because it just wasn't going to be as effective. And in preparation for this, he procured a trident and a small buckler shield. And so he pulls those off his back and hop, skip, swim, jumps over here to the right of uh, Hop. And he's going to go ahead and make some trident attacks with his trident. Nice. So the first one is a 25 to hit. That will hit. That trident is trident true. <laughs> I, know, I love it. Um, for six damage. Okay. And then he'll get his second attack, an 11 to hit. That will not hit. Ooh, okay. And then I'm going to use his whole arm master to do a bonus attack as well with the butt end of the trident. 25 to hit. Because that's a bludgeoning. Oh, that's right. We'll, we'll have you do it with disadvantage. Yeah. Oh, and a nat one on the disadvantage one. So he'll miss with oh, the butt attack. Yes. And now I'm not sure if the trident is technically a pull arm or not, but I'm going to allow it because it makes it more fun. That's Bird's turn, unless there's something else you wanted to do? Nope, nope, that's it for now. It is now time for these weird seaweed tentacle things. It's hard to see kind of exactly what it is in the dark with just the light shining off of ember, but it is going to make two attacks and it can reach ember, hop, or birch. Artist is still a little bit too far away, so the first whip is going to come towards Bert, and the second whip is coming towards Bert. Two of them are coming towards Bert. Well. The first attack is going to be, ooh, a 26. Oh, yeah, that'll that'll hit. And the second attack will only be a 15. That will not. Okay, so the first attack, um, one time per round, this seaweed can do something a little bit special. So here we have... 2d6 plus 4. That is 13 damage right off the bat of slashing damage. And then I need you to make a difficulty 15 constitution saving throw. Ooh, okay. Got a 16. Okay, you are going to take half of this damage. That is going to be 21 halved to 10. Whoa! This seaweed or tentacle, whatever it is, as it whips out and strikes you and you feel this jolt of electricity go through you, but it feels like the connections weren't quite right and it didn't hit you quite as hard as you feel like it could have. And that is going to be its turn and back up to Ember. Um, Ember's going to use Dissonant Whispers and she's going to... So it needs to make a DC 18 whiz save again. That's a eight. That's a fail. So it will take... Not a ton of damage, but only 11. But it needs to immediately use its reaction to flee from me. Okay. As you are watching, suddenly the tentacles suck back down into the hole and are gone. And we are going to leave initiative. Ha, I did it. You're too scared to even (laughs) fight me once I stood up. (laughs) I, uh... I'm just glad. <laughs> Never. I'm not going to say. It. <laughs> All right. Let's just say that you've had some clients with some fantasies. Am I right? I've had lots of clients <laughs> with, with various fantasies, and and um, yes, this could have gone very weird very quickly. <laughs> All right. Oh man. Well, the only problem is now is we're following it. Who's going first? Well, I, I'll do it. Bring it on. How big's the hole? 
It's big enough for you guys to go in one at a time. It's like uh, four feet wide. I'm getting super claustrophobic thinking about being underwater going into like a cave. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Uh, I see those videos of like, of like the, the underwater spelunkers going through those caves and it's like Ugh. if they get like their tank gets stuck on something and like a or like a tube gets broken or something, they're dead. But luckily we can breathe underwater. Okay, so Bert's going first. Who's going second? Artists will follow. I'm gonna follow Ember. After you, my lady. All right, I'll go third. All right. Um, as you start to descend into this shaft, there's you can see the remnants of a beat-up, weathered, rotting wooden ladder that descends. And you swim down probably about 10 feet. Bert, you can see from the light behind you, but a lot of that is blocked because of um, your body blocking the light. And suddenly you kind of drop down into this room. It's about 25 feet by 25 feet. You can tell as Ember then plops out after Artis and it is covered in grass and seaweed and plants. You can see in one corner, there's like a broken desk. You can see a broken chair. You can see that off to the west there's a door and to the north there is a hallway and as you look to the hallway to the north you can see that it looks like that hallway has collapsed in on itself it is rubble and um sorry not rubble it is debris and fallen in stones but you are in this relatively small room and it looks like there is two ways to go back up and out or the door to the west well i reckon we keep on heading west right yeah. Yeah, that's all I see. I mean, except for like retreating like some kind of wuss. Never. I ain't never gonna treat. I would never. One thing I forgot to describe. Wait, wait, wait. One thing I forgot to describe. As you guys actually entered this room, I forgot. Bert, you can see a little bit. You can see on the walls are lanterns, and you can see that they are powered by crystals. You can see one of them is still giving this faint bluish green kind of glow. The other one on the wall that you see has gone out but there is a dim light down here by these lanterns that are still emitting some very light um, glow. Remind me to get those crystals on the way out of here. They're probably worth some money. Yeah, they probably are worth some money. Interesting. I wonder how these things stayed. I guess they weren't attached to the world itself, so they... I just would have thought they would have needed maintenance. It's that Band-Aid theory. <laughs> Telling you robot birds. <laughs> As you begin moving down the hallway, Bert leading the way, artist following second, you can see um, about 30 feet down, there is a branch that goes um, north and south. And then you can keep going uh, to the west. Hop is mm. trailing along behind uh, Ember, just kind of a little bit peeking over her shoulder. Bert's going to come to that junction he's going to pause for a moment. Does he see anything to the north or to the south? You can't see, from where you're at right now, you can't see very well. But as Amber gets a little bit closer, it looks like the hallway to the, to the south ends relatively abruptly um, with more debris and rocks and stones. The hallway to the north, it looks like it extends a little bit further, maybe 20 feet, before it too ends with a fallen in roof. It looks like the hallway to the west continues on unimpeded. Hey Paul, you can start saying rubble again. I promise not to do more hamburger <laughs> jokes. 
<laughs> I'm worried that I'm gonna start saying rubble, rubble, um, instead of just saying rubble one time. All right, very good. And I can now see what you guys can see, and it's not very much. Nope. Okay. Well, should we keep pressing forward to the west then? What What do you think, Artis? If you move a little bit forward, I could take a better peek down this hallway to the north. Yeah, go for it. Do we see any, like, symbols maybe on the wall that, like, could kind of indicate which direction we go? Like that sword that we were looking for? Um, actually, so as you're swimming down this uh, hallway, you can, like, as you, if you're specifically looking for that kind of stuff, Hop, you can, like, brush aside some of, like, the seaweed and some of the, the, the kelp and, and the, like, the, the mossy growth that has developed here over the last five years. And you can find some plaques and things. And, um, like, the plaques have, like, numbers on them, like, um, 305. And then the next one says, like, 302 um, and it almost looks like these are labeled like for different rooms or different um, areas of the of the building but you don't see any specific symbols um, like no symbol of a sword or anything like that but yeah as you artists you look you can see that yes the north hallway doesn't go very far before it too comes to an abrupt end it looks like it's about 20 feet long there we should probably just keep heading west you are in this kind of narrow hallway underwater unable to see very far um, but you can see kind of in the distance to the west you might be able to see just the faintest glimmer of light from it looks like some more of these kind of this bluish um, like light blue crystal lights that might still be glowing down here in the dark <laughs> in the deep I love crystal light it's so refreshing <laughs> on a hot summer day <laughs> oh my gosh I think it would be a bit diluted down here don't you Oh my gosh, you guys are I mean, hilarious. honestly, I, I always add a little bit more water. It's just, it's, uh, you know, it can be... It's so strong without it. <laughs> exactly. So you think one ocean's worth to one packet? You know, you says that when you see somebody drinking Crystal Light, they're probably in on the whole secret New World Order thing. So personally, I don't drink the stuff. I heard that, it was that the Crystal Light was like lowering your testosterone and turning you to like a beta or something. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh! That okay. too. <laughs> yeah, this this Halloween, this Halloween. I can emasculate you if you'd like me to. <laughs> this Halloween episode is becoming spooky, but not for the reasons that I kind of was thinking it would. <laughs> All right, as you guys continue to move west down this hallway. Bert, um, the light kind of grows a little bit brighter. Um, not Well, not brighter, but it kind of starts to illuminate a little more. You can see a little further. And as you move into this room, you can see what looks like contraptions of some kind. Well, why don't you guys make like perception or investigation checks as you enter this, this much larger room? It's like probably 35 feet across, but much taller, like north to south. It's probably a good 80 feet. Uh, artist rolled a natural one for a five so he's actually paying more attention to like a broken table or something <laughs> i think he's thinking like we used to have a table like this back before the divorce <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's actually thinking that. oh man ever since i started drinking all that crystal light i can't maintain an erection <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. poor right. guy um <laughs> <laughs> so Bert rolled a 21 perception. Okay. Ember got a 28. Hop rolled a 13. Ember and Bert, as you guys are kind of like looking around, um, Bert, you find some of this, uh, these contraptions. You see like there's this um, large um, case. It looks like a 
probably big enough for somebody to kind of squeeze in potentially, but it looks like it's got like a glass, almost like a glass tube with like some metal copper like top on it. And then it's kind of connected to the ground with wires and, and piping and stuff. It looks kind of steampunky like glass tube enclosure. Um, and you see that it is cracked and that the lid on top is open. Um, Ember, as you are looking around, you see the same thing. You also see some other uh, equipment. And um, the things that you notice, Ember, with your 28, you notice that the lid itself is not just open. It looks like something busted it open. Um, Not necessarily like a hammer or something like that, but maybe during the shattering, something shifted loose and then that top opened up and you also ember with your 28 these machines even though they're covered in moss and lichen that kind of stuff or whatever stuff grows under i don't know uh anemones sure um some kind of coral reef yes yes um that sea life has started to take over this um this area you can tell that this machine is not ancient this is not ancient tech and We'll just say with your 28 perception, this looks like a modern reproduction of something that was ancient. Maybe it was an imperial um, attempt to recreate some ancient tech. Does you have anything to say about (laughs) about repurposing old technology? Uh, No, probably. He seems to be the prophet of truth these days. (laughs) I oh listen to about everything. So, <laughs> how does he communicate? Does he do ascending across the globe to all his all his listeners? Only only those who are truly paying attention, you know. Keyword pain. <laughs> hey guys, I, there's a broken table over here. I think um, it looks like it was some kind of a wood table that um, broke during the shattering. I'm, I'm imagine I'm being helpful. Mm. Just like your divorce. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm sorry. (laughs) All right. um, So what what we're going to do is, artists, I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. Difficulty 15. I'm good at those. I got a nat one again for a nine. Um, Instantly, artists, whoops. The lichen and um, kind of the seaweed underneath this table lashes out and strikes at you, dealing... It's the tentacles again! Dealing 14 damage. Oh no, i got to cover my orifices. <laughs> oh, oh my god. <laughs> oh, no. oh my goodness. Okay, um, artist, I... you, take, you take 14 <laughs> slashing. <laughs> oh my god. I'm sorry, Paul. Now, you guys, I'm glad that we are having a good time because that's what this one's all about. Okay, um, so slashing damage, 14 slashing damage. Make a constitution save, difficulty 14 or 15. I'm, I'm usually pretty good at these two, but I said that last time and I rolled in that one. Okay, 17. Okay, you're going to take half of this electrical damage. That is going to be a total of 27 halved to 13. That is too oh. much damage. Lightning <laughs> damage. Oh, yeah. And we are back into initiative. Let's roll it again. It's redemption time, Bert. Yeah, and I rolled a one for an initiative of two. (laughs) And totally redeemed myself. Ember got a 20. Net 20. Artist got an 11. 
Griffrock Kruna? Can you guys see that name on there? What? Huh? <laughs> Did you just tell us what the monster is you used as a no, template? No, it's a random name that came up when I created the the character on roll 20. Oh, and I changed the name, but for That's some funny. reason, this token is still named that stupid random name. It's Griffrark. <laughs> hey, sorry to anybody out there who's listening if your name is Griffrark or if your last name is Gr Kruna. Um, but Griffrark Kruna. Um, is We're going to name it hate mail from this. <laughs> it's, a, it's a terrible name. From Griffrark. Yeah, sorry, Griffrark. From the one Griffrark <laughs> on the whole planet. <laughs> okay. How dare you? We noble <laughs> Griffrarks are. My mother was a Griffrark. <laughs> Hop, it is your turn. Hop, Ember, and Bert are kind of looking at this tube that they were uh, examining. Artist is down in the south uh, uh, edge of the room, looking at this <laughs> destroyed table as uh, as these tentacles came and whipped out at him. So everyone is about 20, 15 or 20 feet away from Artis. And it is Hop's turn. Um, so Hop is going to try to swim just a little bit past uh, Bert here. And I think that's as much movement as he can do, so he can't quite get to the tentacles, but he is going to shoot um, a bolt of some chaotic energy okay. at these tentacles for a 14 to hit. Uh, 14 will hit, yes. Sweet. Okay. Where, where did you learn that? Have we seen you do this before? <laughs> it's impressive. Um, and so for 13 uh, psychic damage. 13 psychic damage. Nice. And that now brings us to Ember. Ember will swim towards the uh, west side of the room, and she's going to do some vicious mockery. She's going to say, your whipping technique needs quite a bit of work and um, needs to make a DC 18 whiz save. But your tentacle work is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is a five, so that's some damage then. Yeah, so seven damage then. That brings us now to the tentacle's turn. The tentacle is going to actually move around Artis. It's kind of, kind of, it's not so much. Artis, you're the only one who can kind of see this because you're close to it. The tentacle doesn't so much like move around you, almost like the grass around you, the seaweed and stuff off the floor. It's like you can see almost like one grass blade will kind of come up a little bit and move and then the next one and the next one. So it's like the entity in the grass moves and it's using new seaweed to whip out at you. And it's actually gonna take an attack, uh, two attacks, one at Hop and one at Artis. So Hop, the attack coming at you is going to be a 16, does that hit you? A 16 will not hit me. And Artis, does a 20 hit you? Yeah, 20 hits Okay, that's gonna be 15 slashing damage, and once per turn, it can do electricity damage. So, it is going to do some more electricity damage, unless you can make a con save. I rolled a four. Um, a four. I may be that, unconscious, guys. <laughs> that is 22 lightning damage. Am I stunned? Uh, no, you are not stunned. This attack does okay. not stun you. Okay. The okay. only thing that stunned was when that statue was moved. Artis looks like he has taken quite the beating from these tentacles. And these tentacles look like they are... Maybe bloodied, potentially. Artist, it's your turn. Okay, um, I'm gonna draw my Dagger of Pity, which has been awoken. So it does additional damage now. Uh, first attack is a 23 to hit. That will hit, yeah. So that is uh, seven piercing, five necrotic. Oh, that's 12 damage. Second attack is a 25 to hit. 
That will hit. 11 piercing, one necrotic. Okay. And then I'm going to use a one point of adrenaline to do the old one, two, and start with a jab. Uh, actually, that'll be ruled with disadvantage, though, because of uh, underwater, and it's a bludgeoning attack. So that's a 17 to hit with disadvantage. That'll hit. For nine bludgeoning damage. Wow. And then I'll follow that up with a cross for, oh, uh, it's either, uh, it was a nat, oh, wow. <laughs> a nat 20 and a nat 1. So the nat 1. <laughs> oh, um, brutal. Your rolls are all over the place. <laughs> but that what's cool, though, is that I have an ability called Stick and Move. So when I use that old, the old one, too, I get the benefit of a disengage action, and my walking speed has increased by 10 feet. So I actually get five more feet of movement under the water, which puts me at 50, so I can move 25 feet away to the other side of the room without drawing an attack of opportunity. Oh, fantastic. That's awesome. Well, then make your move further to the north, running away um, yes. past Ember. Ember, save me! Save me, Ember! <laughs> and I'll draw my crossbow, getting ready to attack for the next round. Fantastic. Well, uh, uh, Artis, you did a ton of damage that round, and these tentacles are, like, breaking and loose and kind of um, kind of scraggly looking now at this point. It is now Bert's turn. Very cool. Well, with uh, Artis having kind of gotten in there, done some damage, and then disengaged, Bert's going to take that as a sign to jump in and engage... So he will go ahead and move in and make some trident attacks. 17 to hit for the first attack. That'll hit. Eight damage. Second attack, a critical. Oh, please be a decent roll. Finish him. That was not a decent roll. So doubling my dice roll, we'd be at eight damage. (laughs) So your crit did the same as your normal attack. It sure did. And can, can I just say that I, I'm seeing the word trident here, and um, I'm just now realizing as a 41-year-old man that the gum trident is the word trident. I always thought of it as like three teeth, like trident. <laughs> oh my god, what? Like freedent. They had freedent. They had uh, like, oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Matt. That's awesome. Oh, man, that's... Oh, Matt. Nice. Okay, Um, Bert, is that your whole turn? Because these these weeds are looking quite haggard. I'm going to do my bonus polearm master thing, if that's still okay with you. That is 100% fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go for it. With with disadvantage, though. Okay. Because it's a blunt strike. 16. That will hit. Five bludgeoning damage. What does that look like as you hit the seaweed? (laughs) (laughs) Man, you guys are really letting me do all the work here today. (sighs) You know what? I am actually going to tell you what happens. You strike out with the butt of that trident, expecting it to be grass, and you hear a crack that kind of reverberates through the water. And it sounds a little bit off, maybe because you're underwater, but it sounded like the cracking of a bone. Ooh, well, that's weird. And the seaweed slash tentacle things stop moving. And we're gonna cue victory music. Nice. I crushed it. 
Well, Hop will go over up to Artis and lay some hands upon him. Okay. Oh, perfect. Yeah. And uh, give him give him a little bit of a shoulder rub and revive like twenty five HP on him. Oh, thank you so much, Hop. That grass kicked my ass. <laughs> <laughs> it does that, brother. Sometimes you need a spirit guide with you. Hey, let me pull this one out of your pants. I don't know what it was uh, doing there, but <laughs> that's not that's not a weed. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> Okay, um, so Ember, as you grab this weed and start messing around, I know it was a joke, but it doesn't feel like grass. I mean, it feels like it feels like the outside texture is grass, but it has more the texture as you kind of squeeze it as like flesh, like it's a sea arm. cucumber. <laughs> <laughs> We've been attacked by sea cucumbers. It's shocking, <laughs> guys. This thing feels very strange. It feels like it's not completely plant and not completely animal or creature. Do you think that's whatever was in this container here? It could be. Maybe. It seems like this weapon could have been something that escaped. Hmm. Huh. I think let's let's keep pressing forward, but let's not plan to stick around here for much longer. Right. This is like a door to the north, right? That's the only, only other uh, way I see out of this room. As you guys are looking around this room, you can see um, that the room, you know, it goes, it's its longer north to south. You can see that there's other, like, debris. Um, there's some desks in here. There's some chairs and things. But there is a doorway that leads off to the north. And as you guys approach that doorway, you can see that there is a hallway that extends further to the north. It's about 25 feet or so before you can start to see the a little bit of light on the other side. And Bert, as you are leading the way, I want you to make a perception check. Sure. Come on, Bert. Be perceptive. And I got a net one for a six. <laughs> okay. So, no. <laughs> Not no. A you want me to make a roll of perception check? No, I don't want to. I just want to remind you, Paul, though, that I am right behind him and my passive perception is 19. Okay. As Bert steps into the hallway, um, immediately, Artis, you follow, and once you step into the hallway, you feel the slight buzz of, I mean, I don't know what what it feels like to for there to be electricity underwater, but you can feel like this kind of this buzz in the water around you. It seems to you, with your passive perception, Artis, that up ahead, the hallway extends about 25 feet, and then it opens up into a room. It seems like that room might be a little bit lighter than the other rooms that you've gone uh, that you've gone through. The crystals and things on the walls down here are pretty dim, and the light that you can see coming uh, down the hallway a little ways uh, actually looks um, a bit brighter. So something is definitely different about this room coming up at the end of the hallway. This water feels like it could be dangerous. I think I think you said something about this. It's probably fluoridated. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You've been paying attention and I'm proud of you for that. <laughs> you talk in your sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, oh I think God. Bert's going to keep very cautiously moving forward. All right. And so Bert and Artis are moving up the hallway. As um, Bert, as you get to the end of the hallway, you kind of look inside and literally right next to the door, you can see that this room that you're kind of going into, um, it stretches uh, just a little ways further east, but then it stretches back to the west quite a ways. But right here by the door, you see something odd. You see a small, like three feet tall and maybe like a, like a foot and a half diameter little pylon right next to the door. And then you see 
um, that coming off that pylon, there is an arc of electricity that heads north to another pylon, and then it also heads um, uh, west towards another pylon, and it, it heads at a diagonal um, to the northwest towards like the central spike. And as you as you come into this room and you see what's going on, it looks like you are standing next to um, the southeast corner of like this these four pylons with one pylon in the middle and they are all arcing electricity back and forth. And it completely blocks this room from going further to the east. Well, that doesn't seem very safe. Nope. Uh, should we try and break it? Do you think we could get through? I mean, I could take some shots at it, but I only have a limited number of uh, crossbow bolts. <laughs> crossbow bolts. I, I could throw another bolt of uh, chaos energy at it and see if that does anything. Yeah, I mean, should we aim for like the, the... So you said there's how many pylons, Paul? There's there's four pylons around, and then there's a taller pylon in the middle. Um, so it's like it looks like the pylons are about 25 feet apart from each other um, in any direction. And so it's like this big square... Um, space it's just like it's just like arcing electricity back and forth and now as you get closer you can feel it on your skin um you, you feel like if you were to take one step into that it would zap you real good is there i mean i see over here there's like a little building is that anything or is that just run down it looks like there's some kind of like a uh, tech or some kind of uh, metal piece of equipment that is kind of uh fallen over or something it's kind of starting to get covered up with the moss and stuff it doesn't look like it's part of this contraption though well, then I think we aim for the uh, centerpiece, right? I mean, I'm wondering just because it's it's also the biggest, so it might also be the hardest to break. We might try breaking off one of these uh, smaller ones. Yeah, it can't hurt. Give it a try, right? I mean, I'll take I'll take two shots. One at the one at the middle, and one at the uh, one closest to us to see which one, like, is uh, looks more fragile. Okay, uh, what you roll to hit? First attack is a 13 for the middle one. That will hit. Uh, that does 11 damage. Okay. The second one is toward the the southeast corner one, and that's a 23 to hit for six damage. Okay. So as you aim towards the center pylon, you actually, you can hear the bolt hit, and it sounds different when it hits the center pylon. It's hard to see because of the uh, kind of the electricity is kind of like lighting up the area. There's kind of blue uh, sparks and things that are kind of flying around in the air. Um, but when you hit the pylon closest to you, it sounds like a bolt hitting metal. And you feel like with the six damage that you did, quote unquote, um, you probably didn't even it even put a scratch on that pylon, this uh, this kind of southeast pylon. The center pylon sounded a little different. Um, and with your passive perception, um, we'll say that you just kind of pick up on the idea that you actually probably hit crystal or glass of some kind with your bolt. I think the center one is the more fragile one. It might be crystal or glass. Probably crystal, given that we live in Pavantis and crystals are kind of everywhere. It's kind of our thing. <laughs> That's, that makes sense. Uh, a hop will then go ahead and do a chaos bolt at the center object. Okay. Um, for twenty-two damage, or sorry, twenty-two to hit. Sorry. I'm like, well, that's a powerful bolt. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll do um, cold damage of twelve. Twelve cold damage. All right. So now total, the center has had oh twenty-three. That's eleven and twelve. Um. Passive perceptions. What's everybody's passive perception? 19. <laughs> 12. Embers is 20. Wait, wait, really? Yeah, just with um, <laughs> all the bard stuff, and then I gave her a luck stone on this this new level. Oh, oh geez. Nice. Okay. Uh, Bert, what's yours? Uh, 15. 
15. Okay. Um, Artis and Ember, as you are starting to attack that central um, pylon thing, um, you feel these like flashes um, as uh, you're attacking it, as you're dealing damage to the structural integrity of it. Um, and I would say with your passive perception, Ember and Artis, you get the feeling that maybe bringing that down could be bad. Like if you brought it down, you think that it could turn off the electricity, that's for sure. But you feel like it also might send out a big shockwave of, of energy that might, um, that might not feel so great um, as well. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. You might explode it. Yeah, it might explode. With your passive perceptions also, you would notice, especially as an uh, artist, as you shot that, um, that metal pylon down in the southeast corner, that when it hit, the pylon kind of rocked. And you get the, you're pretty sure the pylon's not actually attached to the ground, that it might be movable. Oh, hey, what if we left the center one intact and we like found something to to kind of scoot it along and clear a path here along the south edge? Like if we scooted it more toward the middle. It's worth a shot. We'd have to do it without having it shock us, but sounds good to me. I'm not very good with like um, science, <laughs> so I don't know what wouldn't shock us. I mean, Ember, do you have some rubber? I was thinking. Well, I, I do typically have leather, and I have this whip. I can try and. Um, can you whip it into shape? Wait, you don't have a full-on patent leather rubber like gimp suit? <laughs> no, not, it, it's not on me. We're diving right now. <sighs> oh, this is why you can't. I'll never be too prepared. <laughs> All right, so so somebody is going to attempt to move that pylon. Is that what I'm, what I'm hearing? Yes. Not artist. He's still too weak. Yeah, I think Ember should try to whip it. Okay, Ember. What I need from you is two things. One, <laughs> oh, no. I need a Constitution save. Fifteen. What'd you get? I got an eighteen. And then um, you can move the pylon up to, I guess, a quarter of your walking speed. Half of your swimming speed, a quarter of your walking speed. So, half of, so like five feet? Yeah, five feet. That is enough, though, to make a pathway um, to the south of it, at least moving one pylon, but there would there's still a second pylon in your way. And you are going to take some damage. Oh, no. You made the constitution save, so that is going to be a total of 29 halved to 14 lightning damage okay ouch but uh okay and it looks like if you were to move the um the southwestern pylon as well then you would have a clear path to get through so ember swims back a little bit after having moved it she's like twitching from the electricity her hair's kind of like going crazy i think it's someone else's turn for the next one that seemed to work well though and uh I thought we'll lay his hand on her shoulder and give her another 10 HP back. Thank you. While this is going on, Artist did his, uh, his uh, catch your breath skill and was able to burn some adrenaline to get nine hit points back. Noise. I think similarly, Bert's doing his, he's also kind of taking a moment to also kind of get a second wind and heal up a little bit just to make sure he's okay for what's to come. Gets 15 hit points back. Nice. That's great because there's still one pylon to move. <laughs> All right. Um, or you guys can keep attacking the central pylon if you want to. That's fine too. Hop hasn't taken any damage this turn, so he'll walk up to that second piling 
and he will just try to like kind of kick it. Be careful, and you'll get uh, bardic inspiration. Oh, nice! So, Constitution save difficulty fifteen. Come on! Yes. Okay, twenty three. That will save, and that will deal a total of twenty six half to thirteen um, lightning damage, and but now the. Electricity is still arcing between the pylons, but you have managed to move the two southern pylons enough that you can now squeeze past along the south and continue your descent into this facility in Adrius. I imagine you all scoot along um, the southern edge of this room. And as you do, you actually get to a point where you're swimming past like debris and rubble and you're swimming past all of this kind of this flowing grass and seaweed. And now as you're looking at it, you can see that it does look a little different than maybe you would expect to see. It's not quite so green. Like when it looks dark and black, it very well may actually be black, but it still moves like grass blowing in the wind are in the water and as you kind of move through this room and into the next you see there is a very large door that is shut it is a large kind of vault door you can see there's um, desks and chairs again that are like smashed and overtaken by growth but you imagine this door this big heavy door very well may lead to the treasure that you are looking for who's opening it not me Zoinks. Uh, Bert, Bert will try. I mean, honestly, I've always wanted to turn one of those big captain's wheels and open a big bank vault door, though. Well, who am I to stand in the way of a dream, you know? Hey, look, everybody. I'm a fancy banker. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It actually, I mean, you have to break it just a little bit um, to kind of get it to move. But as you start to get the wheel to move, you realize as you turn the wheel, you're actually locking it. It was already unlocked and you're able to just kind of push on the door, and it actually opens relatively easily. Well, it turns out I'm a crap banker. (laughs) As the door swings open, you can see beyond it is another hall. You can see a crystal light kind of halfway down this hall, maybe about 40, 40 feet down the way. And there is a doorway next to that crystal light that heads off into the north, and past that crystal light fixture, um, there is, <laughs> sorry, I'm saying, I gotta stop saying just crystal light. Um, there is a pile of debris and rubble that blocks the rest of the way through this hall. Hey, Paul, you know how I told you I wouldn't do any more uh, Hamburglar jokes? You lied? No, no, I got a better one. Let's <laughs> get ready to rubble! Oh. <laughs> it's a better one! Oh, God. Ouch. <laughs> that hurts my heart. As you, um,. As you guys enter this hallway, you can see that it looks like the only way to continue is to go through the doorway that's about maybe 30 or 40 feet down the hallway uh, to the north. All right, I'm going to stay back. I've got my crossbow ready so I can cover you, um, but I'll be back here by Amber. All right, I'll, I'll keep moving forward then. I'll go with you. <laughs> I'm watching these tokens slowly move. Oh, 
Boinks. Oh, God. Okay. Um, Bert, as you um, lead the way and you get to this doorway, you see it's actually a wider doorway. It's like an arch. It's a, a big open archway that opens up into this large room. It's probably like 100 feet by 100 feet. Um, there is, again, there's like this grass growing around the edges. There's also more of these light fixtures that are crystal um, all around the room. And in the center of the room, on this dais, on this kind of like this platform, you can see a similar construction to the thing that you saw before that kind of glass tube on the metal platform with the lid on it and everything in the tubes and and pipes and things but um, this one is bigger and this one actually is surrounded by six of those pylons that you saw earlier and there's electricity um, blasting around the pylons and towards the center of this contraption and it is just full of this arcing blue electricity so for game terms in the center of the room there is like a one two three four there's like a 40 foot circle of electricity that would be probably um pretty painful to go into um but that is what you guys see in this room well we've already taken out one of these tonight this should be easy as yeah this one's a little different because the center is not just one of those pylons the center is actually one of these contraptions and as you guys approach ember the first thing that you notice with your 20 passive perception is that this one this glass tube contraption thing seems older it seems more like an original not maybe an imperial reproduction but also with your 20 um, perception as you look into this room you see more flowing waving greenish black grass all around the room and ember and artists as you look up towards the ceiling of this room you see descending down above the arcing electricity you see this strangely humanoid figure it is black it is made up of man <laughs> it is it is made up of these tentacles of grass and algae and maybe something else but its head is actually attached to the ceiling and you can see more of this grass covering the ceiling of this room and this creature looks at you with glowing eyes and we are going to roll initiative All right, Bert got an 18 this time. Ember got a nine. Hawk got a 16. Artist got a 14. You guys are, should be happy. I am getting terrible rolls this session. Terrible initiative rolls, but not terrible damage rolls. <laughs> I will disagree with you on that. Um, I could be doing more damage. All right, Bert, it is your turn. You see this creature kind of descending, hanging over this contraption. Um, we'll say it actually has moved a little bit further south towards you. So part of it, I mean, this is massive. This this creature is massive. It, it's probably like, um, I, I would say like 20 feet um, long as it hangs from the ceiling. In fact, it could probably touch the ground from its head attached to the ceiling with its feet. Um, and it is kind of approaching you um, in this weird alien way of movement but Bert it's your turn first okay well I'll move forward the 15 feet that I can move and Bert is gonna say strong are the men of the glass mountains and he's going to use his fighting spirit to give himself 
10 temp HP. He will have advantage on his attack rolls. Well, I guess that would be until the end of his current turn, but yeah, whatever. I'll keep the temp HP, and since I'm too far away to make any kind of an attack on this guy, I'm going to take the dodge action. All right, at the end of your turn, this creature, this tentacled terror, is going to make a legendary action, and this tentacle, this grass with a claw tip, comes whipping out at you, Bert, and it is going to try to hit you with a 25 to hit. And that'll have disadvantage because of the dodge. Oh, yes. With a... Oh, there you go. With a 13 to hit. That'll miss. Okay. One legendary action burned. Now it is Hop's turn. All right. Hop is going to swim forward up here, and he is going to use his blinding smite at the third level. 10 damage. And then he's going to use his... Well, I guess if I hit... um, He's going to use his glaive... For 10 to hit. 10 does not hit, but actually it's going to be with disadvantage. Okay. Well, that, then I'll swing again for my second attack. Oh my god. And that was a 9. So That is also going to miss. Oh my goodness. Um, Alright, well, there you are. The good news is your smite is still in play until you actually hit. If I hit? <laughs> if you hit. <laughs> Or you might get hit back. All right. Uh, Second legendary action. A tentacle comes whipping at you, Hop, for... um, That is going to be a 24. That'll hit. And that is going to deal 16 slashing damage. I am going to use my interceptor fighting style and kind of dip in front of that to block part of that with my shield. Okay. Thanks, man. And it blocks nine of that damage. Feeling so much better. Oh, wow. Awesome. Very cool. Okay. Artist, it's your turn with your AC of, uh, with your um, initiative of 14. All right. I'm going to stay right where I'm at and I'm going to take some attacks with the uh, auto crossbow prototype. Okay. Uh, first one is a dirty 20 to hit. That will hit for five damage. Second one is an 11 to hit. That will miss. And the third one is a 17 to hit. That will hit for eight damage. That's, that's where I'll stand. Okay, very good. Ember, it's your turn. Oh, wait, one, one thing. Sorry, one thing. Um, I, do, I do have the ability, you're mine, so I'm actually going to mark this guy as my uh, con- an enemy I'm concentrating on. I get to ex- deal an extra D4 uh, once per round when I hit. So that's another one damage. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> very good. All right. So Ember is going to stay out in the hallway with Artis, and she's going to um, cast Dissonant Whispers, but this time at uh, fifth level. So DC 18 whiz save. And that is a natural 19. Dang it. So I think he takes half. Yep. Half of 76. So uh, I rolled 18, so nine damage. Okay. Um, Bert and Hop. Make perception checks as you see this creature as it's kind of standing. It's still in part of its body is still in this uh, arc of electricity, but part of it is out. Uh, Bert got a 16 on his perception. I rolled a 21 on my perception. Okay. Um, You both notice that um, you've seen like arrows and things come hit this guy, uh, this creature, 
And you see um, at the beginning of his turn, as it stands being bathed in this electricity, you can see some of those wounds start to close. And it is now its turn. Here we go, guys. Don't hate me, because this could be bad. The creature moves south just a little bit closer to Bert and Hop and actually leaves the electricity field. And it is going to use its Whirlwind of Tentacles attack. And I need Hop and Bert to make Dexterity Saving Throws difficulty 19. Hi. Whoa. Oh my goodness. Hop got an eight. I'm super not going to do well on this. Ah, 16. Yeah, this is not going to go well. Stop saying so joyful, Paul. Oh, that is. There's a lot of ones. It's a lot of ones. 8d10 slashing damage for only 26 damage, but you guys take full damage. And now we are back up to the top of the round. Bert, it is your turn, and this thing's legendary actions have reset. Okie dokie. Um, I am once again going to say, strong are the men of the glass mountains, and use my fighting spirit again to give myself again 10 temporary HP. And that gives myself uh, advantage on my weapon attacks. So we're going to go ahead and make uh, two attacks with the trident. Okay. The first one is... Wow, two 12s. <laughs> that will miss. Sweet. Super glad that happened. Okay. And again, a 27 to hit. That'll hit. Seven damage. Okay. And that is all I can... Actually, since I hit with that one, I'm going to burn a superiority die to do a goading attack on this thing. It needs to make a DC 16 wisdom save. And I do an extra one damage. Wow, awesome rolls. But if it doesn't make its DC, its DC 16 save, then it will have a disadvantage on all attack rolls against other targets other than myself until the end of my next turn. Okay, well, congratulations, Bert, because it failed. Here comes a legendary action right at you. You're making it easy for me to choose who to attack. Oh my gosh. Natural one um, to hit you with another one of these uh, striking tentacles. Oh, wham, Paul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've been rolling a lot of ones this this game. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. All right, Hop, it's your turn. You're up. Okay, we're going to see if I can hit this time. So I'm going to roll a 25 to hit. Yes, that'll hit. Okay, sweet. And so then that is going to do 11 plus my um, smite damage. So that'll be uh, 21. Okay. And then I think, can I, because I, that's a bonus action. Can I cast that again before I do my next attack? I, I, I don't see any reason why you couldn't because you can split up your attacks. Doesn't he need to see if he's blinded? Yeah, DC's 15, something like that. Oh yeah, he does have to do a yeah con save of 15. Uh, that's a natural 17 for a con save of 22. Okay. Well, I'm gonna roll this again and hopefully my second attack will hit um, and I'll get an extra seven damage, woo. Oh my gosh, with three D8s. Oh, you were robbed. Uh, so that's a 15 to hit. That will barely hit. Oh, heck yeah. Okay, so that's going to do 14 damage. And another uh, constitution save? Yep, 15. That's a natural 16. Heck. Nice damage, though. All right. Artis, you're up. 
Okay, so for Artist's turn, he's going to stay exactly where he's at and take three more shots with the auto crossbow. Prototype. I'm almost out of bolts, though. First one's a 13. I'm actually going to use a point of adrenaline to increase it by two, so it's a 15 to hit. That will hit. Okay. Yeah, boy. Barely, but it'll hit. Five damage. Okay. And then I'm going to take my second shot. That's an 18 to hit for nine damage. And a 27. It's a natural 19 to hit for 10 damage. Okay. And that is my entire turn. Okay, very good. Legendary action coming uh, towards Bert again. A D20, that's, that's going to be a 25 to hit. Yeah, that'll that'll super hit. It's going to be 15 more damage. Fair enough. Is Bert still standing? Oh, yeah. He's, he keeps getting the 10 temporary hit points, which oh, has actually yeah. helped quite a bit. That's true. One thing I forgot, Paul, um, four additional damage, because I've marked this as your mine. Oh, got it. And Ember, it's your turn. So Ember is going to use Dissonant Whispers again. She's going to swim up, uh, swim forward a little bit to be right behind Hop, and she'll use Dissonant Whispers on um, the creature. And that's a wisdom save, correct? Yeah, wisdom save, save DC 18. Okay, failure. Okay, so 20 damage, and it has to move its full speed away from me as far as it can. Okay, its speed is 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. It moves uh, towards the north end of the room, uh, kind of back up over the contraption and back into the field of electricity right before his turn starts. Oh no! Oh, I was... Okay, yep, that happened. (laughs) (laughs) It's Um, not looking good, guys. It's... Yes, you do see more wounds close as this creature heals at the beginning of his turn. And we are going to also roll a d6 to see if Whirlwind of Tentacles comes back. No, that's a four. Okay. Oh, thank goodness. This creature um, now is going to... It, it can move back now, right? It's not afraid of you or anything? Yeah, I believe it's just a one-time thing. Okay, it's going to move right back to where it was um, and come right back at Bert with two attacks. The first one is going to be a 24. The second one is going to be a critical hit. Oh, ho, ho. I'm going to use silvery barbs on the critical hit. Okay. It has to reroll that and take the lower result. That's still a 21. There's a 21 hit. Yeah, 21 will still hit, but at least it's not critical. Okay, so it's two regular hits. Yeah. And, okay. and Bert will get advantage on his next attack. Oh, we have a total of 33 damage to Bert. <laughs> All right. I mean, I'm still up, but I have taken I've taken some pounding right now. And I believe that is all this creature can do at this point. But legendary actions have reset. Now, is he still coming out? Oh, yeah, I guess it's Bert's turn next. So Bert, um... Does your goading attack, does that only last one round? Yeah, it's just until until my next turn. Okay, well, it is your next turn, so what are you doing? I guess the end of my next turn. Uh, I will start it off by using my fighting spirit one more time for the strength of the men of the glass mountains. Give himself, this is his last time of doing it. 
give himself those 10 temp HP, and it gives him advantage on his attacks. We're going to go ahead and attack and action surge this round. So <laughs> we're just going to try to get it all in there. 27 to hit. Yep. Four, nine damage. Okay. Next attack is a also a 27 to hit. Yep. For eight damage. Action surge. Uh, critical. Nice. Okay. Why not? Crushing it. For 14 damage, it looks like. And one more. 21 to hit. Yep. For 10 piercing. Dang. You dealt some serious damage this round. That was impressive. Okay, but this thing is still standing. Okay, well, and that is that is it, folks. And uh, swinging right back at you with a um, 19. Does that hit? That will hit. A total of 16 damage. That's okay. I can, with the temp HP, I'm, I'm still standing. All right. I'm, I'm shaky, I'm bleeding profusely, but, well, I'm there's a cloud of blood in the water around Bert. <laughs> Are those the sharks? <laughs> <laughs> or the jets. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Hop, nice. it's your snaps. turn. Those are some good snaps, Paul. Those are some, that was not me, but those were some good crisp snaps, I must agree. Oh, that was me. Alright, Hop is going to once again get some uh, smite on Oh my gosh, for an 11 to hit, and then a 17 to hit. That'll hit. So it'll be 12 plus the 5, so 17 damage for this guy. And then with that smite, he had to make a save, correct? Yes, 15. Okay, that was a 6. So then this creature is blinded. Oh no, that's only for level 3. This is a level 2 spell. Oh, so not blinded. Okay, very good. Yeah, no. Okay, good for me! Oh, okay, this is the one that would keep it from going invisible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and fire damage would be halved anyway because of resistance right. underwater. Yeah, yeah. No, I got rid of all my fire damage stuff. <laughs> Artist, it's your turn. Really quick, I am checking my inventory. I'm checking your honest. number of bolts. Yes. So I technically have eight more bolts to use. Oh, wow, okay. So first attack is a 13 to hit. Actually, no, it's a 15 to hit. That'll hit. Seven damage. Second attack is a... Yeah, you know, we got to finish this guy fast. That's a 16 to hit. I'm using um, these th- the last three of my adrenaline to uh, okay. up this to a 16. That'll hit for nine damage. And the last one is a 25 to hit for eight damage. And on top of that, there's another four damage or a D4. So that's two more damage on top of that. Artists. What happens Oh, as this huge creature, like 20 feet tall, it's whipping around. You see these tentacles coming off of where its arms should be, whipping at Bert especially, just dealing damage. You see it rearing up to do like this spin move where it spins tentacles all around and you just crank that wheel and bolts go. What happens as that last bolt hits this creature? Just crank it, just crank it. I thought you were going to say, crank that soldier boy. <laughs> um, yeah, so honestly, what, what it does is like all three of those, um, all three of those bolts are aimed, are going right toward its head. And the third one actually severs its connection to the roof. And it starts to like slowly drift down to the, to the, to the ground. Nice. 
Very good. And we will cue victory music. All right, so here you guys are. Um, this creature has tumbled down uh, and is now laying lifeless on the floor here of this room. You can actually, as you look around, you see all this grass and seaweed. It starts to shrivel up and die. And you realize that this seaweed is not actually seaweed. It's sort of this kind of amalgamation of like... It's puberty. It's getting hair in weird places. And... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Basically, the seaweed starts to die away and the grassy parts kind of start to drift away and you see bones underneath. And these aren't like bones that were grown from the seaweed. This is like bones that the seaweed grabbed and built around. You are seeing this strange amalgamation of the underwater sea life actually using the dead bodies of the people who were here in this facility when the shattering happened to help strengthen and to make their uh, attacks more powerful. It's some kind of strange fluke science experiment gone wrong. As you are standing here in this room, you see all these pylons are still zapping electricity back and forth and all through this central glass container. Ember wants to be smart about the pylons this time. So she's going to cast animate objects on some of the medium-sized rubble in the room, and she's going to direct the rubble to move the pylons out of the way so that we can safely get to that um, contraption in the middle of the room. Oh, that's really smart. You could have even just cast it on the pylons themselves, probably. Um, you but know, as you cast... I, it, it says I, it has to be a non-magical item, so I figured I might not be able to do it on, on pylons. You're right. That's a good point. Um, I imagine as Ember kind of bippity-boppity-boos this thing, it's kind of like the uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice from Fantasia. The rubble kind of gets up and doodle-doodle-doodle-doodle-doodle-doodle and it starts to kind of move over and <laughs> knock these pylons out of the way um, until this rubble has beat these pylons away and they are still arcing electricity, but no longer is this central tube part of it. As you guys um, look in this tube what you see because this remember this tube is more massive than the last one you actually see six sealed clay pots that are roughly man-sized and they are they look old but they each have a yellow crystal embedded in the side of these pots. These pots are like sealed over like an urn of some kind with uh, like wax or something. And as you kind of reach in and touch these pots, they don't feel like clay anymore. It's like the surface has changed to something much more rigid and much more um, substantial. Like canopic jars? Yes, exactly. Um, you find six of these here in this tube. Um, and as you guys kind of, I mean, you guys have more time now with this spell. It seems like this area is a little bit safer. You kind of move aside some of the rubble. You find some other kind of random you know, like tables and desks of, of experiments. And um, you do manage to find a large chest. 
um, here in this vaulted area of the Imperial facility. It looks like it is locked with three very intricate locks that you know are going to take some time to work with, or you might have to find some kind of a key or something to open it, but you imagine... Or somebody with a very skilled lizard. Yes. But perhaps this chest might hold whatever the weapon or the sword or whatever was important in this facility. It might very well be in this chest. And as the JV team takes that chest, as well as these these jars with them back up to the surface, back up to the waiting airship, we are going to stop there for tonight. Okay. What's the name of that jar guy from uh, Elden Ring? Oh, oh. Jar Jar Binks? Binks. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Sir... Like Alexander something or other. Sir Alexander Jar? Yes. <laughs> oh. Nice one. Oh, you guys. Oh, no, it was uh, Alexander the Jar Warrior. Yes, <laughs> Alexander the Jar Warrior. Yep. And he's a jar with arms and legs. It's great. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, well, hey, well, thank you guys for playing here on this spookiest of holidays because I'm pretty sure this episode is being released on Halloween 2022. Ooh. El Dia de los Muertos. Hey, thanks for listening. Uh, if you like what we're doing, which obviously you do, because this is like episode 84, 85, somewhere around there, um, leave us a rating and a review. It really helps us out. Also, don't forget, go chat with us over on Discord. Uh, we have a lot of fun over there talking about different ideas and spoilers. Also, just talking about like art or just getting to know each other. Part of this community that we've developed uh, here at the 12 Sided Guys. Basking in the tears of our fans when a beloved character <laughs> passes on. <laughs> yes, yes, that has been something that we have been doing as well. Um, but yes, um, other than that, go check out our Patreon. Uh, I do stream on Twitch on occasion, and you can find out a bit more about that on the Discord. Go check out our shop too, because we have some awesome 12 Sided Guys gear, some Dodeca drip, I guess is what we're calling it. <laughs> Not Dodeca does, or either way. Um, And yeah, so go check that out. And until we get together next time, we hope you have a spooky time. I was working in the lab. (laughs) 